0: And I want to talk about, uh, I am the God that healeth thee. I, we celebrate this fourth week in Advent, and also we celebrate the birth of Christ today because it will happen this Wednesday on, on our church calendar. And we rejoice that the healer has come. And he's, uh, when you say he's, he's the birth of salvation, that's the healing of our soul. That's the healing of our life. That's eternal reservations to ever be with him in eternal life. And I think that uh, in the past, the church has focused on healing of the body more than healing of the soul and the spirit. You know, the church of Jesus Christ needs healing in its spirit and in its mind and in its soul as much as it needs it in the body. And if we would have preached... The, the healing power of God as, uh, for our mind and our soul and our spirit as strong as we preach it for the body, I don't know what would have happened because God would have been so blessed to know that the first and foremost thing that He desires is the healing of our, of our soul and our spirit. So I want to just briefly uh, speak this morning about this, that I'm the God that healeth thee, The question in humanity's mind is if he's the God that healeth us, then why is there sickness? And I want to talk about that today. I want to say that in the beginning, and I know the church knows this, but let's just put it in perspective this morning, that in the beginning God created everything perfect. How many know that? And as he created each day, seven days, at the close of the day it says that God saw everything was what? Everything was good. So God created perfect health. He, he created a perfect spirit, and a perfect soul, and he placed Adam and Eve in the garden. And this is a story that we know and we understand totally, but sometimes we forget. Because when they sinned, the perfection was broken. When Adam and Eve sinned, the perfection was broken. And then God went into planning, and God planned to send a Savior to reconcile us back to God. But listen, saints, when sin happened, the Bible says in Genesis, the first few chapters, that man then had to work by the sweat of their brow, that thorns and thistles came into our, our gardening, and there became pain in deliverance of children. So because of sin, that's why there's sickness. And it isn't that you have sinned if you've had sickness. It's because Adam and Eve sinned and the reconciliation has been brought back to us through Jesus Christ. It's really important to understand that, church, that when we pray, we know that God is the healer. I know that he's the healer. He has healed me. How many here have ever been healed? So is he not the healer? He is the healer of our soul, our spirit, and our body. And when we go through suffering and when we go through sickness and when we go through disease, we understand that it is because of the sin in the beginning of time. And we are not in a perfected society. But the Bible tells us that we should plan for it, that we should work for it, that we should strive for it. So as we come to this, we understand that God is a faithful creator. So when sin broke the perfection, then God sent his son. And that's the day that we celebrate today. He sent his son to reconcile us and to give us eternal life. It's important, church. You know, we get going in our activities and in our lifestyles and in our work and in our activities, and we forget that we have all that because God has reconciled us back to himself through Jesus Christ. So after the fall of mankind, after the sin of Adam and Eve, God sent his son, and that's what we celebrate today. Now, I want to show you where uh, the the covenant of healing began, and it began in Exodus, and uh, about the 12th chapter, somewhere in there, and I'm just going to relate it to you for brevity's sake, but it is scriptural. And there is this is the time when God delivered Egypt, God delivered Israel from Egypt. Are you familiar with that? He sent him through the Red Sea. He brought him out of slavery. How many know that sin enslaves us? And so not only did he bring... uh Israel out of the slavery and the bondage of Egypt he has brought us out of the bondage of sin and wickedness and even though our world is imperfect and our world still has sin and corruption we have a security in Christ that there is eternal life if we accept him into our heart and our life so Egypt is a type of the world Israel disobeyed Israel got too close to the world And Israel got in slavery. That's what happens in Christianity today. If we get too close to the world, we get enslaved by the things of the world. And we lose the strength and the power that God won to reconcile in us through Jesus Christ. So this is a well-known passage of Scripture. But, you know, when we hear the strands of silent night, like the ladies sang, and, and we come to the celebration of Jesus' birth, I want to point you to Exodus 12, 42. Let's talk about a silent night. This is when God brought the Israelites out of slavery and out of bondage. And it's a night when He told them if they put the blood of the Lamb upon the doorpost, that's why we sang that song. About 25 years ago, we sang that song 12 times in this church, and God miraculously healed me. And I believe in the blood of the Lamb. It doesn't just heal the body, but it heals the soul. Because his, you know, it says that he wants us to prosper and be in health. How? As our soul prospers. And I wish today that Christianity could see the prosperity of salvation. It's more important than the prosperity, the prosperity of material things. Two things that the church has emphasized in these last years, and that's a healing of the body and financial healing. But let me tell the church something. Greater than those healings is the salvation that God has brought to our heart. And greater is he that is given unto us than we could ever give back to him. So there in Exodus, the 12th chapter, God brought them out. He said, put the blood of the lamb upon the doorposts. And when the death angel comes, I will pass over you. The Hebrews celebrate this as Passover. And we believe in that because, you know, with the blood of the lamb in our heart and life, then God has received us into his body and into his, his people, and we are a part of the Jewish people just as if we were born Jew because we have been brought in through the blood of Jesus. Now, on this night, when they came forth, the, the death angel came, came over Israel, and he passed over those that had the blood of the Lamb on the door. And in our lifetime... If we ever face Armageddon or if we ever face the end time, if we ever face those things, we have the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost of our life if you have salvation. And it will pass over us and we will have eternal life in Christ. and That's much more important than anything that could ever be given to us is that the blood of the Lamb was slain on the cross of Calvary for you and I. So in Exodus twelve forty two, they came out of Israel and not only did they just come out of bondage, but they came out victorious and they came out with plenty and they came out and all these millions of people came out of that bondage. And the scripture says here, it is a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out from the land of Egypt. This is the night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel in their generations. The night that God delivered them from what? Bondage. So the birth of Christ is a night to be remembered. No wonder they sing silent night, holy night. It is a night to be remembered because God has brought us out of the bondages of the world and the slavery of the devil. You talk about a silent night and a holy night it's a night of remembrance for Israel and for every day for when Jesus came he became our redeemer and our deliverer our mansion builder hallelujah and and he he is the eternal keeper of our soul you see we're just we just have reservations and when the when the death angel comes and when we are received unto God then our our, our reservations are revealed and we are in heavenly places because he has gone to prepare a place for us that when he comes, we will be ready. So this night so long ago, isn't that awesome? When you think about bringing them out of bondage, and he said this is a night to be remembered. And so this day, Wednesday, we celebrate it. It's probably not the exact day, but we celebrate it. It is a night to be remembered because God has brought us out of bondage, and he has redeemed us, and he has given us eternal reservation. It was in a moment of obedience that God spared Israel. If you have time to read this chapter, you'll see that they came out of the bondage and they was headed in a certain direction. And God says, no, no, turn and go by the sea. Turn and go by the sea. That's not really a place where they would go because there's no exit. If they're they're by the sea, they can only go back or the sea is in front of them. But they for once obeyed and they went and they lodged by the sea. And that's why God could perform this glorious miracle. Because when the enemy came behind them, they couldn't go back. The sea was in front of them. God performed a miracle, opened the waters and redeemed them and set them free and brought them forth into deliverance. Now, everybody knows that the enemy came after them. How many know he always comes after you? But when they, when he got, when they got into the midst of the deep sea, God delivered Israel and they were doomed. Exodus 12:23 it says, For the Lord will pass through the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood upon the lentil, And the doorposts the Lord will pass over. And he will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house. If the devil could, he would destroy God's people. From beginning, he planned to destroy the Jewish nation. So that there would be no savior. But you know what? God delivered the Israelites. God delivered the Jews in Easter and Esther's season. And now we see him uh, way in the beginning of time delivering them. He is the delivering God. And it's more important to be delivered, you know, of our of our spirit and our soul than ever our bodies. But healing was a way that he could be seen when he walked among men. When Jesus came and walked among men... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, everyone there, when you read there, you see him walking among the people, and he's healing them. But if you notice, every time he heals them, he says, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Or he says, Go and sin no more. Or or he says, Thy faith has saved thee. You will see that when there's a healing of the body, there's always a salvation connected with it, because salvation is the most important entity of all. When we look at this where the Lord said, if you put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of your life, I will pass over you and the destroyer will not come in. We remember Revelation 12, 10, and 11. And John was caught up into the spirit. He said, I heard a voice saying, now is salvation and strength and the kingdom of God is come. And and the the last part of that says, and the power of Christ and they that overcome him, how? by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. Church, that's where our healing is. It's in loving God and not being concerned about our life because if our life is in Christ, it's going to be eternally with him. God brought them out of bondage. God has brought us out of bondage. There are people in this congregation that can tell you the bondage that God has brought them out of and freed them and liberated them. In Exodus 15:26 is where we see that God is the healer. He said, "If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, Exodus 15:26, and keep his statutes" I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that healeth thee. It was in God's plan way in the Old Testament that he would be the healer of our soul, our spirit and our body today. There is a lot of depth of thought in the healing power of God. You know when he has not only healed our soul but He's reconciled us to the Father God. He's healed our spirit. You know, in our in our spirit there are wounds from the past, and there are wounds from things that have transpired in our life. And there is sicknesses that have ravished our body and left us with wounds in our spirit. You know, but God is the healer of those things. And God is the healer, most importantly, of our past. I mean, I don't know your past. But I know that he is the healer of every past. And sometimes there are things that have happened in our past that hangs on to us. And He's the healer uh, of our past. And as we look at this, here's how it works. He said, if you hear my voice, if you'll be diligent to follow after me, if, if you'll try to do what's right uh, in my sight, if you'll listen to my commandments, if you do these things, I want you to know that I am the God that healeth thee. So, he is the God of healer of everything that pertains to people. It's really simply said in Psalm 103, in the second and the third verses, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not what? All his benefits. Who who forgiveth all our iniquities. Now notice what I'm saying to you this morning is that when you hear of salvation, you hear of healing. And he says there, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, he forgives us, who healeth all our diseases, who redeemeth our life from destruction, who crowneth us with loving kindness and tender mercies. This is the whole gift package that God has for the body of Christ today. It's my prayer that God will arise in our midst. And not only has he healed our soul, but he will heal our spirit. And he will heal our body. Because as we place our hope and our trust in him, as we diligently seek him, as we celebrate Jesus' birth this week, may we embrace his healing touch in our body, in our soul, and in our spirit. And Matthew eight sixteen. There it talks about Jesus, and it says, When the evening was come, they brought unto Jesus many that were possessed with the devils. And this has to do with the healing of the Spirit. And you will find salvation, the healing of the Spirit, and all those things together again. It says, They brought many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word. And he healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And what else does it say? And by his stripes we are healed. I wish the church of Jesus Christ could see that the healing of the spirit, healing of the soul, healing of the body is all the plan of God for his people. And it is not, not done by a terminology. It's not done by anything that you can do. It's done by the Word of God. You see that in this passage of Scripture. He did all this by the Word of God. So the greatest thing that can happen when we need to be saved is to get the Word of God in us. When we need our spirit man to be saved or we need to be delivered from some oppressing spirit, we need to get the Word of God. And when we're sick and afflicted, We need to get the Word of God. It is the Word of God by which we're healed. Humanity has developed a great plan for healing if we do this or if we do that or if we have faith or we have this. You know, and all that is good, church. But the bottom line is he healed them by his Word. Psalm 107 says he sent the Word and they were healed. Today we think we need prayer lines and they have to be touched. And I believe in that. I believe in the laying on of hands. That's right. But when you can't do that, you can send the word. Because the healing power of God is in the word. It's not in the technology or in the in in the technical way that we've preached it over the years. That if you do this and this and this, God will heal you. No. You're healed by the word of the living God. There's been great conflict in the church about healing. And people have prayed and not got healed and then lost their faith. There is healing of sin. There's healing of hurts. There's healing for the body. In Acts 10.38 it says that God was anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power. And he anointed him with the Holy Ghost. And he went about doing good. And look at the last part of that scripture. It says healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. One thing that the church has been very short of teaching in Christianity. Is the healing from oppression and depression. And spiritual um, entities that causes us to need to be delivered deliverance needs to be in the church and deliverance needs to be in christianity so this morning what i want to say to you that if we follow in the footsteps of jesus often healing is coupled with touch of of, a healing of oppression the healing of demonic forces because listen church we are in a warfare And sickness is not of God. Sickness is brought on because the Bible says that the devil came to rob, steal, and to kill. Is that true? So the sickness is put upon us. It's it's all about the works of darkness. And we have to know that by his word we are healed. When Jesus prayed for the sick, he said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. You remember the man that they cut a hole in the roof? And they let him down on a stretcher to Jesus because they couldn't get to him. And the first thing that Jesus said to him is, thy sins be forgiven thee. Every time he healed, he healed with the power of salvation. That's revelatory to me today, church. He said, you know, go. He said, go and sin no more. You know, because if you do something, worse will come upon you. That's what he told them when he healed them. And he says, Thou art made whole, thy sins be forgiven thee. As for the healing of the body, I must say this to the church today. I believe in healing of the body. And I believe in praying for healing. Every Sunday we pray for healing. Every Tuesday our prayer team meets and they pray for God's healing touch. But this is what I want to say to the church today. God can heal by prayer. He can heal by a miracle. He can heal by the doctor. You know, the doctors can't have the knowledge if God doesn't give it to them. Bible says in the last day, the knowledge of the Lord shall fill all the earth. The doctors know more today than they've ever known. I mean, they can take your gallbladder out and never cut you open. That knowledge has been given by God. So the third thing is that God can heal through the doctors and the meds. And the fourth thing, God can heal eternally. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. It's important to know that, church. There is an identity with the Lord's sufferings. There is an identity with the Lord's sufferings. And we can identify in various ways. But sometimes when we are overcome with sickness, we identify with the Lord's sufferings. We give it unto him, and we trust that he knows what is best for us. The book of Isaiah, and I'm coming to a close this morning because I want you to hear what I'm saying. The the book of Isaiah, it's the book that prophesied that a virgin would conceive and that the Son of God would be born. It's a very, very important book. And Isaiah wrote in the 33rd chapter, in the 24th verse, and this is eternity. I'm talking about eternity now. It says, the inhabitants shall say, shall not say, the inhabitants shall not say, I am sick. This is in the Bible. I'm like, what? I looked at it twice. But, of course, this is eternal life. And it says, that the inhabitants, when we get to eternity, we will not say, I am sick, you know, because it says there that the people that dwell there are forgiven their iniquity. Now, the revelatory thing there, if you can hear this this morning, is that, you see, if you say you're not sick, it deals with salvation. It deals with the soul. It deals with iniquity. It deals with affliction. It's so important. I need much more time to explain to the church the the feelings that I have regarding the healing of our body. Jeremiah seventeen fourteen he says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed, and what does he say? Save me, and I shall be saved, and for thou art my praise. Healing and salvation and the healing of our spirit all goes together. Isaiah thirty five three and four for closing scripture it says strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense, and he will come and save you. I said that to my knees this morning. You know, we got to speak to the weak parts of our bodies because it's the work of the enemy to bring destruction to this flesh because of Adam and Eve's sin. But God has reconciled us through Christ. And we can pray these prayers. Look at that. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense, and he will come and save you. Now, what does recompense mean? It means he will compensate for your loss. Listen to that. He will compensate for your loss, for whatever you have lost for the cause of the kingdom and for trusting in him. He will compensate for that. The scripture also says it it means something, not scripture, but the dictionary. Recompense means something given to us to make up for a loss. He will give us eternal life, church. He will reward those who suffer for the cause. I don't think that that is a message. That makes us run the aisles today. But I want to tell you. That he is a God. That does not forget what you suffer. In this body. Because he is the healer. And whatever you go through. If you will stay faithful to him. He will recompense. He will reward you eternally. And church do not forget that we all die. So. We have an eternal life. Sometimes we feel good and we're strong and we're bold and we're young and we don't think about the afterlife. But if you read the newspaper, there'll be sheets and sheets of young people who have gone out into eternally. This this Hollywood star, famous famous fella, in an instant, one minute he's looking at the Ferrari, the next minute he's burned up in it. We have no reservations except eternal life. And we we don't need to walk around in doom and gloom and say, you know, this is going to happen to me. But we do need to recognize that our faith gives us eternal life. Our life is in Christ and it is eternal. And God will reward the suffering that you've gone through and the fact that you have stood firm in your faith Through everything. It also means. And this is what the dictionary says. There are eternal rewards. So mankind even recognizes. That there is rewards eternally. For those things. So I'm going to close with Malachi 4.2. Unto you that fear my name. Shall the son of righteousness arise. With healing in his wings. And I speak that to the church today. If you fear his name, may the son of righteousness arise in healing in his wings. Let us pray. Father, we love you today. We hear what you're saying through your word. We know that healing comes from the power of your word, that you spoke the word and they were healed. And I pray today, Lord, that you would strengthen our faith, that we would not fear in the physical shortcomings. God, sometimes the enemy puts upon us that our life is an impossible situation, but there's nothing impossible with you, for you are the God that healeth. And you can correct any situation. We give you praise and we give you glory that the healer has come that our souls can be saved, that our spirits can be healed and and resurrected, and that our life is in you and we have eternal life. For this we give you praise in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we ask that you bless the tithe and the sacrificial giving that takes place today. We give you praise for the offering in Jesus' name.